Squid Comics Podcast, episode 24. 24? Yes. There's Scott. Scott is here. Hey, Scott. Hey. I'm Drew. I'm Dom. Yes. We can hear Scott. you, Scott. You're Scott. <coughs> and every, uh, what's that? This is fantastic. Fantastic. That's weird that you couldn't hear us before. Mm. Anyway, every couple of weeks we get together and we talk about comic books. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's what we do. Yeah. So, I right, let's talk about Mandalorian real quick since that was on. The finale came the out. Finale. The series. It was like the series finale. finale, wasn't it? Well, no, I think there's a third season. No, not a Mandalorian. Yeah, they, he said there was. John Favreau said they're going to film the Book of Boba Fett and then jump into Mandalorian Season 3. Really? Mm-hmm. So the Book of Boba Fett's only going to be one season? Well, he didn't say that for sure. Yeah. Well, that sucks. I wish the series was over. That'd be great. That's a great way to go out. Like, oh, story yeah? done. Boom. Story done. Boom. And we don't need to know if he gets another spaceship or how he does. No. We don't need to know if he gets yeah. off that planet. He had a mission. I thought it wrapped up. It basically wrapped up the series great. Yeah, he had a mission. He solved it. You get to see his face. It's true. That's right. Got to see Luke's... Uh... <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler alert. So, yeah. So, what do you guys think of the CGI of Luke? I thought it was crap. I, I thought uh, it was fine. I think any of that stuff, I'm never all that impressed. I... I the Tarkin from Rogue One had its issues. The Leia did. The young and Leia and Luke and Rise of Skywalker isn't quite right either. So same with this one. Except for I found it funny that it looks like he hasn't aged in like eight years, you know, because it's supposed to be isn't it supposed to be like about eight years after Return of the Jedi? Thought it, it was like supposed to be right after. That was five. That's what yeah. I always heard. But I Scott probably knows better. He's more the Star Wars guy. Did he really look like he aged that much in the new stuff? New stuff? Well, like Last Jedi and stuff? Yeah. Trilogy, it looked like he aged freaking 40 years. Yeah, Last Jedi looked like he aged a lot. He just had a beard. Okay, cool. Uh Whatever. So, thumbs up then? Mandalorian, though. Yeah. In Mandalorian, it looks like he didn't age at all from Return of the Jedi, so... It's only been five years. Jedi's have clean living. They look good. It's that uh, that milk or whatever out of that. He hasn't done that yet. You don't know. Maybe he... No, I do know. <laughs> so, so you're thinking there's no Mandalorian Season 3? That's At what I thought. I thought that. I thought that, that Book of Boba was going to be the Mandalorian Season 3 myself. Um. But uh, they since... You know, reported now that they're going to do two series. They'll have the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba. Although the interview or the little snippet I read from somebody that interviewed John Favreau, it sounded like the Book of Boba was going to be what they're doing next year. In that Mandalorian has taken a hiatus for like a year, and would be coming back in season three, the next, like in twenty. 22 but he, i don't know he did say the what i read he said he said they're filming book of boba fett right away and then they're gonna go right into filming mandalorian season three 
But they are filming Book of Boba Fett first, and that comes out December 2021. So I was like, does that mean Mandalorian Season 3 is not coming out in October like it normally does? Which yeah. would suck. Well, originally, when they did their, like, investor thing, uh, Disney said Mandalorian Season 3 was coming out in December of 2021. And then that's what confused me then, because the Book of Boba said December 2021. I was like, so is that Season 3 of Mandalorian? Yeah. Then? And then they came out and said no. To your point, yes, they're filming one, then filming the other. But based off that, it sounded like Book of Boba was filling that Mandalorian season three slot, spot, so to speak. And then season three of Mandalorian will have follow at some later date. Hmm. That's weird. So, yeah, that's going to be weird because Mandalorian season three, like you said, really felt like a series finale because Baby Yoda's gone. Grogu, baby Grogu. So, I don't know. Maybe they should have just ended it. I'm not sure there's much more to do there. You could do like... Well, they, there's some different ideas. I mean, they had the whole Darksaber thing, you know, and whatever well, sure. was going on in Mandalore, and they didn't That's kill Moff Gideon, so there's, there's some stuff. But the real... You're right. The real heart of the show was pretty much the interaction between the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda, and that's kind of tied up so how successful will it be after that I mean, yeah that's true it's just like printing money dude printing money well what's disney gotta think what you tied up the whole storyline with our guy those and his little cub baby yoda but we sold like billions of baby yoda things you know <laughs> yeah that seemed like a bad move because baby yoda made that show i'm not sure i want a mandalorian without baby yoda <laughs> you didn't know about Baby Yoda before you wanted the Mandalorian. I didn't want the Mandalorian. Oh. Well, I just, I was on, I was ready to see what it was. Mm. Baby Yoda's what sold it. I saw a cool, like, it was like a meme on Facebook. It was like a split screen, so it had, I assume it was J.J. Abrams. Oh. Oh, yeah. Top. Did you see that? I saw that. In the Luke? Huh? Yeah. No. No. And oh, it, really? It had a caption under it, and he was like, well, it's just impossible to... To um, satisfy, to attract new fans and satisfy the old fans. Right. Satis he's like, it's it's impossible to satisfy fans of the original trilogy and attract new fans. And then on the bottom, it had John Favreau, and he's like, hold my beer. My beer. Yeah. <laughs> that. No, did you see somebody that actually took that in snippet of Rogue One where Vader's tearing up everything, and then the snippet of Luke tearing up those dark troopers? It's amazing how similar that whole idea and cinematography is. It's it's insane. You should see the comparison. Somebody's got it up there. Hmm. But it's it's incredible to, to see kind of the, you know, what would you say, uh, visually uh, similar, uh, similarities between the two. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, should we just jump into some comic books? Looks like Don has a huge stack. Sure. I saw New Mutants. Okay. Cool. Maybe. How was that? I liked it. Cool. Um, it was almost like two movies. The second half of the movie was definitely better when they get into the demon bear, demon bear, and all that stuff. Um, although I did, I I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. I saw Bloodshot also. Did they have though like an eighties? horror vibe to it a little bit well yeah kind of i mean it was it was breakfast club meets friday the 13th i mean and they said that's kind of what they were going for i mean it's 
It was trying to capture that 80s teen whatever, you know, and then make it like a horror movie at the same time. So, but it, I think that it fits well with that storyline, like the demon bear, like, cause it was, they sort of transformed the comic book into the horror comic. a horror comic at that yeah, point. Definitely. So, I mean, but it was irritating because I watched, they had like a, on the DVD that I watched, they had like a eight minute behind the scenes kind of thing or whatever. And, uh, making of, and they had Bill Sienkiewicz on there. And uh, they had the guy that directed the movie, and he's like holding up like the demon bear or whatever, you know. And he's like, "Yeah, I read it." And he's like, "I was reading this when it came out, and you know, it was like I really wanted to make this movie." And he's like, "And then this guy, Bilson, how Sinkovich? He's like, this guy, Bill Sinkovich, came on and did the artwork." And I'm like, "Dude, seriously? Like?" And then they show like Bill Sinkovich like on the set talking to the guy and I'm like you like you love the guy's artwork and you're making this movie after his stuff and you can't say his name I didn't learn how to say his name until you know probably <laughs> well I know I understand that but later. if you met him like you come oh hello Mr. Sinkovich do you maybe Bill's just not gonna go hey that's not how you say my name like I don't yeah, know maybe it was awkward it was, just, it was just irritating it was irritating but uh, cool. anyway and Bloodshot was a total I don't know. It was just a bad movie. Really? Just a bad movie. Not good, I, don't, huh? I don't know why it was bad. It was just bad. Huh. The only thing that made that movie worth watching, if you have to watch it, is the fight scene on the elevator towards the end. That's a cool action sequence. Like, that was pretty cool. I thought the action overall was pretty decent in that movie. Yeah. I mean, that? it's cheesy, and it's Vin Diesel, yeah. and it's, you know stupid dialogue but you know and i didn't know the twist that he kept getting you know right rebooted to and see, kill somebody new so i thought that was a little eh, you know original type thing but that was me being somebody that didn't really know the comic materials so right but i mean i i agree it's definitely not like a it is a it's like one of those well-produced movie type things. It's yeah, it's really right home about. It's it. I I would say it was a bad movie, but anyway, okay. I don't know. I I don't My know. Are getting lower. Like I don't I don't know what I want from a Bloodshot movie, but that wasn't it. You know what I mean? Like I I don't know that I would be able to make a better Bloodshot movie, but that wasn't the Bloodshot. That wasn't what you that wanted. wasn't what what was good. No. Oh, and you know what else I watched? I watched no. Spawn. I rewatched the movie Spawn. I'm sorry. It's pretty bad. That, I mean, it was bad back then, but watching it now, it's got to be really bad. The dude, the clown cracks me up. Like he's got, he's so funny. The John Leguiz like John Leguizamo or whatever. Like that character, like he's funny. Um, like I was laughing at his jokes and stuff. But dude, I mean, it's just the when they do like the hell sequences, and it's that. It's just like a. It it was like that. What was the Transformer series that was like CGI'd, like back Beast Wars or whatever? Uh, yeah. It's like that. Like it's weird. Like it's bad, but it's not every uh, Michael Bay movie. Well, no, it's just I don't know. But and I was thinking like that was that came out in '97. Like he got that movie fast, like. McFarlane, because Spawn came out in 92, yeah, that was five years. He struck while the iron was hot. I mean, 
I was just thinking, that's quick. Now he can't get the next movie made. Yeah, I know. He didn't have any money, and he has to... Uh, Let's find well, investors. He had Well, yeah, and he had to um, kickstart his new toy or whatever, but... Speaking of kickstart, that that one with uh, Matt Kent... I Ken, wasn't speaking of kickstart. Ber- Berserker. Oh, yeah. Dude, they canceled, like, the books. They like, did? The, well, they they got unsolicited. I think they're resolicited now. But like, I had ordered like one, two, and three, and then they canceled them. Why? I have no idea. Oh, they delayed it. They didn't cancel it. Well, they they canceled my order. Yeah, now I they have delayed to reorder it. it. I think well, they changed artists. They changed the artists. They what? went from the they, guy who was going to do it. Now Ron Garney is drawing it. Oh, because they got like mega money now. They want to hire think... real artists. No, I think the other guy was fine. Maybe he was slow. Maybe they didn't. He wasn't doing it. I don't know. No, I don't know. It kind of soured. Maybe he said I didn't get enough money and Ron Garney would do it for cheaper. I don't know, man. Huh. But yeah, they changed artists and so... Gotcha. I believe. That was during the Kickstarter shortly after. It was delayed. Hmm. Which is weird. You think if you infused it with money, it would make it go faster. Exactly. That's my point. Like, hey, we got... How much? Was it like over a million or something? It was quite a bit. Yeah, it was over a million, I thought. That's a lot of money to make freaking... But how much does Keanu get? <laughs> that's true does he get half just for his name I don't know but you know, I, don't know I don't know that he's like a greedy guy because you hear about like on he's the not Matrix, a greedy guy but like he was like giving yeah, away his butt from that uh, what cyberpunk video game or whatever that was getting kicked off PS network and all this other stuff why yeah because it doesn't run very well oh is he involved with that was Keanu Reeves involved with that yeah I've seen him in the commercials oh okay that doesn't mean he's involved with it, does it? He might have just hired him to be the admin. They might have just hired him to be the ad dude. I have no idea. I haven't played it. Could be. Oh. Cyberpunk 27-7. I've seen the ads for the comic books for it. Cool. All right, All I'm right. going to steer us into comic books. Then. Cool. Don and I both read Ludocrats, Scott. I'll show it to you. Since you can't see what the camera sees. We did both read Ludocrats. And... I thought it was pretty much horrible. Because I bought it? I bought the trade. Don bought the single issues, as we're apt to do. Um, I thought this would be cool because it's Kieran Gillen, who I generally like. Uh, Stokely is the artist, who I generally like. I thought the art was good. What has Stokely done before? I don't know. He's done some stuff. Okay. But James Stokely. I think that's his first name. James. But yeah, I thought the art was really good. I thought the writing was like sort of trying to be funny and and like witty, but wasn't at all. Is that kind of how you felt? It's okay. It's so, super wordy. Right. It's super. It's kind of like when Alan Moore tries to be funny, and you're and like, mm, didn't quite work, dude. The problem that I had with it is you're. It's not funny. Well, no, it's not funny. But oh, so it's not funny. It's but not, it's supposed to be funny. I don't know. It might oh, be. Maybe it's not supposed to. Be but funny. the. The problem I have with it is it's all made up words. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, sure. And what I mean by made up, because, you know, made up words? Group, or isn't it Rocket, whoever, all words are made up. I am Groot. I'm, sure. No, one of the, in that, one of those movies is like all words are made up. All words are made up. Right, exactly. But it is what I'm saying is like they've created like their own language. Like a lot of terms that you don't A know lot of terms means. that you don't understand. And then I don't know if they had all the back matter. There was a lot of back matter, which I did not in read. In yours? Because then they, they have... They did. Okay. So then they have... I read all the back matter. Oh, so I they did have not like read encycl- the back Encyclopedias on... So yeah. that you can kind of learn the world. And then it had... Like one of them had like a... 
a dictionary that had like the words and stuff that, and it's not like, like a foreign language type of word. It's just like, so the whole ludocrats is supposed to be ludicrous, yeah. which, which it is. It was ludicrous. It, and so like everything is like ludicrous in this, in this, um, yes. series. Um, but that's what I had trouble with was it seemed like they tried to jam too much stuff in there that you have no context for. Yeah, maybe too much world building. Too much world building. Not but I mean jokes. And and all I mean, so there's this there's this group of ludocrats, I guess. They're like aristocrats. And there's one character that's the who's he's like he? the Pope or something. The Pope, but I can't remember what his name yeah, is. Yeah, the High Papal Father. The Pope High or... Papal Father or whatever. And so like this one guy and the Pope guy are like brothers, I think, right? I have no idea. And then, so like the whole story is, well, most of the story is that they go, to, the, the first issue starts out with a wedding. And so they're at a wedding and then the main character guy with the big orange beard. I don't even know their names. But that guy, he like falls in love with like this lady who's like part machine or whatever. Yeah. And then she gets captured and so then they have to go and try to rescue her. But the main thing is the Pope is trying to be less ludic ludicrous. Right. And so he's trying to be less ludicrous and the ludicrats are against that because they're all about being ludicrous. Correct. And so um, they're like fighting against the the Pope you know. Right, because he's trying to make things but he, more But he normal. kidnaps this lady and then they go and rescue her. Right. Inside and... the belly of some giant space beast or something. <laughs> yes, which was weird because like I, I, that thing didn't... It make... had a lot of fun, interesting concepts, but it just like the execution was bad. Yes. It, it, and I'm with Drew on this one. It was very wordy. Most very of the time... Wordy, and it was like trying to be funny and witty, but like with lots of words and like intellectual. It was trying to be like smart funny. Right. right. But yeah. it wasn't smart and it wasn't funny. No. Or maybe and, it was too smart and then it wasn't funny. And then a, a lot Generally, of times... Generally, funny is less smart. Yeah. It's hard to be smart and funny. It's possible. It can be done. Like Monty Python. But right. But this is not Monty Python. No. And a lot of times I give you a hard time because you're like, oh, it's got too many words in it. It's a comic book. It's supposed to have words. But this one, I'm kind of with you. It was like, it was too much. Um, maybe yeah. it should have been 10 issues. Nah, it just was... just been spread out. Maybe. Maybe it wasn't decompressed enough. Could be. But, so then, like, spoiler or whatever, like, at the end of it, so then they have, like, a traitor. There's a traitor. And then they wipe out everything, right? Like, that's his whole, that's the Pope's whole plan is to, like, yeah, get maybe. rid of everything. Sure. And then, so, like, it's just, like, white pages, like, two or three white pages. Like, it goes to nothing, and then it comes back, and they're, like, because that was trying to not be ludicrous was to go to nothing, and then that was ludicrous that they tried to be not ludicrous, and then it turned back. I don't know. It, was, it had, like, yeah. a weird twisty end it had a weird, to it. it. It tried a lot of different methods to make the story yeah. interesting, but at the end of the day, it just... It was too wordy, and it just wasn't funny, yeah. and it just wasn't well executed. Other it, than the art, the art was good. Jane, yeah. I'd read another book if uh, Stokely did the art. I, I would not did. read another Ludocrats. I would not read another Ludocrats. I would read another Stokely book. Well, yeah, but if, what if Stokely did Ludocrats? I would not be. In, no, no, unless I'm, he was writing it. I'm not. <laughs> Maybe it'd be good. 
I'm I'm not in for it. But you know, I was thinking it's like there's not a lot of Kieran Gillen that I personally have really enjoyed. Like, I mean, I didn't really care for Journey into Mystery. His Iron Man run was okay. Um, I didn't get into Wick Div, the Wicked and Divine. So right. I mean, but I, maybe I would enjoy that if I is gave Gillen it a the one that did the um, God, what was the name of that? The um, Young Avengers. No, um, the one where it was like the alternate World War II where he Oh, yeah, I didn't, Uber. Uber. I never read that. I read Uber. That was supposed to be and pretty I good. liked it. You seem like you liked that. And I've read the first, um... I'm just saying, Gillen hasn't really knocked anything out of the park for me personally that I've read. So yeah. maybe I'm, I just need to avoid him, possibly. I don't know. But Ludocrats, it was a big thumbs down for me. Yeah. Did you read anything, Scott? I can't put it up here on the cool monitor up to CGI in it later. Did you read anything other than your required reading? Bunker. Bunker. Oh, nice. Are you mute again or you can't speak? I just can't speak. Okay, sweet. <laughs> uh, yeah, you want me to talk about this one? Yeah, go ahead and talk about Bunker. So, let's see here. Red Bunker from uh, Joshua Hale. Fialkov. I can't even pronounce that other last name. Fialkov. Fialkov. We, we interviewed him on our podcast one time. Fialkov. We did interview okay. him on our podcast about 10 years ago. Yeah, at least. Wow. My how time flies. You know, this ought to be like lesson 101 on how to open a story and really just draw and read it. Yeah, it has a good opening. I mean, it just goes from like, you know, oh, look, here's some people, boom. And immediately it's like jumping right into its overall plot. And, kind of, and you know, really, at least for me, drew me in. But I think that's because of the fact that I kind of like the timey-wimey stuff. And, uh, you know, kind of the whole lost ideas, you know, and things like that. Always brings me in. I like those kind of like little mystery type aspects. So, so far, I've really enjoyed this. Uh, they're doing some character building, you know, after that initial just drop, you know, in the first issue, you know, and things, and uh, the exploration thereafter. Um, one of the things that I thought was interesting, too, is when I opened this up and flipped through it, I don't know what I really thought of the art. It was kind of, you know, I was like, eh, I don't know, you know, it's it's kind of got a real, you know, gritty, almost dirty feel, you know, type things in there. But reading the story with the art and how differentiated the characters are and everything, I thought that the art really works well for this uh, for the story that's being told here. And actually, I ended up really liking the art uh, as, as the story went on and everything, which kind of surprised me because, like I said, when I first went through it, I was kind of not totally sold really there uh, until after I was reading. But yeah, I, so far, I really like this and... Has it been out, like, forever, I assume? Yeah, it's been a while. I think there's a few more trades that I don't have, so I'll have to get the rest of them. We'll have to read the rest. Yeah, it'd probably be pretty good. Like I said, it, I, it could go either way, especially after this first trade, you know, type things. It could, yeah. you know, continue have you, to be you've really not read it good, or it could just no, end up really slowing trade. down and being rather boring or something like that, too. Yeah. But it opened with a bang, and I thought it was really moving at a, a pretty cool pace, you know, and things, and... And cool. opened a lot of, you know, possibilities. So, so yeah, uh, so far I like it. Cool. Nice. He liked it. He liked it, Mikey. 
All right, uh, whose turn is it? I don't know. I'm, um, I got a bunch of stuff, so I'm going to knock one out. I read Wonder Woman, Dead Earth. Is that four issues? It's four issues. Nice. I think they might be oversized, like longer. I don't know. Uh, this is really cool. It reminded me of Extremity. I'll show it to Scott real quick. It's by the guy who did Extremity, Scott. But he did a Wonder Woman story. And the basic gist of it's like hundreds of years after like an apocalypse. And Wonder Woman gets woken up. And then she finds the Earth basically in shambles. And there's kind of post-apocalyptic type thing. And so she goes around trying to save the Earth basically. She gets, she gets in with like a group of scavengers. And of course they try and make her, capture her. Make her try and fight in an arena. And then... Uh, ends up being against Cheetah, and of course she somehow pulls out of that and, like, rallies the troops and overthrows the government and, like, becomes a new leader and then tries to march them off to salvation. They're going to go to Themyscira or whatever, however you say her home world. There's a big twist at the end. I don't want to spoil it, but, uh, you know, things aren't quite what they seem, and she doesn't quite understand why the Earth... Yeah, but uh, there was a... They, I mean, the Earth, the, supposedly, like, they blew, they shot a bunch of atomic bombs off and scorched the Earth, and that's what caused it. But there's a twist. That's not really what happened. But uh, it's got, it's Daniel Warren Johnson, and so if you like his art, which is very kind of very manga-ish and sort of kind of over the top and just kind of lots of action, it really feels like Extremity, but yet with Wonder Woman. I mean, like, a lot of the design, and I mean, he has a very distinct style and design sense. And it has a lot of that stuff in it. But uh, it's really good. I really enjoyed it. Like, it, the story isn't super important and, you know, not super logical. But it's it's a great setup for him to do what he does, which is draw really co cool scenes and create interesting, you know, settings and action sequences and stuff. If you ever want to see Wonder Woman, like, punch Superman through the chest, you know, this is the book for you. Like, you know, like, the scene where Batman kicks the crap out of Superman mm -hmm. in Dark Knight Returns? Well, if you want to see Wonder Woman kick the crap out of Superman, then this is the equivalent of that, basically. Nice. So it's so, Wonder Woman, Dark Knight. Yeah, it kind of is, too. But, but it's, like I say, it's very different than that, obviously, because it's this post-apocalyptic future type thing. But, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it because I like Daniel Warren Johnson. So if he drew, like, you know, just about anything, I'd pretty much be in. So yeah. um, I really dig his art style and just his storytelling and all that good stuff. But, yeah, it's, it was really good. I enjoyed it. Sweet. So that is Wonder Woman yeah, dead. I don't, but Don, never mind. I'm not going to say that on a live podcast. I do. Shh. Are you going to the theater or do you have it? I do not have it, but my brother does, so I might have to try to. So my brother has it, so then I have it. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you know what else you can watch on HBO Max? Joker? You can watch Spawn. Oh. Well, you can watch Spawn on anything, I think. I don't know. I haven't been able to find it. Oh, really? Well, they keep trying to sell it on, like, Voodoo for, like, five bucks, so... Oh, well, you can watch it for, well... More than that. You can watch it for free, sort of, kind of, on kinda. HBO. I can, because I get HBO get for HBO free. For free. That makes sense. Yeah. So I watched cool. it for free. All right, Don, I think it's your turn. All right, I'm going to do... You did this last week, but... So, um, I'm going to go ahead and do this Devil's Highway. Okay. I think you talked about it, but... <clears throat> I haven't really read a lot of... I've been buying a lot of this... Uh, AWA. AWA, which I didn't realize that um, 
Well, it's Axel Alonso. Yeah. And Bill Jamis. Yeah, Bill Jamis. Yeah, which I was like, okay. But Bill but, Jamis is kind of the background. They don't really promote him much. Right, no, but he's like in the credits. I mean, he's yeah. like president or CEO or public. It's Devil's Highway. It's something. Veronica Mars meets uh, Stumptown, but not as good as either. I like this. I know, it's I'll good. actually, if it You'll keeps to, going, You said I'm you were going to buy the next one. I did? Yeah, when I was talking about it, you're just like, I'm not buying the next one. Oh. Before you'd read it. Oh, well, I'm buying it now. Now I you like are. It. You liked it. Cool. Oh, yeah. So, wow. so yeah, basically, this is about, it's it's pretty much about uh, truckers, like serial killer truckers. Yeah. And they have this. Good elevator pitch. They have this cult, kind of, that they're all in it together, and there's, like, several of them. And, but, I mean, um, so there's this girl. Well, she's probably in her 20s or whatever. And there's, it starts out, there's a guy, and he, like, works in this diner, and it's Christmas time, and his daughter has apparently not come home, and it's like, oh, she's coming home, and anyway, he gets killed, like, that night, and then the daughter, I don't know if she was already coming home, or she comes home because her father got killed, but she's, like, you find out later on that she's been, like, in, in the army, or she's been over in the Middle East, or whatever, and... She's kind of a badass, so she's taking it upon herself to try to find out who killed her father. And then it's all linked into this... Um, trucker serial killers. Truckers serial killer cult ring. Um, and so she, there's like some crazy ex-FBI guy or whatever that's been on the case, and they kind of team up and um, track down part of it. And it it's left open. I mean, yeah. it says in there they're going to have another... Sure series or whatever but i mean it kind of ties up i mean they solved the murder but they have the wider overarching thing of the sure. cult because i mean they only really yeah take and care you of take part these of characters it. and put them in any story well yes you can but i mean me i'm kind of like i'm i'm sort of into that like i listen to a lot of podcasts on on like um true crime and stuff sure. like that so i mean that this really, is made up though well, yeah, it is oh, made. Okay, cool. it, I know that you it's made know. up. You thought it was a true story? But, no, I knew it's not a true oh, story, okay. but it's kind of in that vein of, I mean, that's not anything new. I mean, there's been... Correct. And it, there have been, like... Serial I mean, killer that, truckers. That's perfect. Like it says in the book, I mean, that's perfect. You're on the road, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, if you're into that kind of thing, it's, yeah. it's perfect for it's you. It's perfect. But, uh, yeah. Perfect lifestyle. I thought it was a well-done series. I just didn't think it was anything super original. No, well... I don't know. I mean, have was, you read a lot of serial killer, killer truck ring? Truck I mean, that ring part was kind of interesting. <laughs> but I mean, the girl. I mean, it's really about the girl and her dad is killed, and so she's trying to solve the mystery. Right. And, yeah. I mean, I I, swear, I, I feel it. like I've read that story a thousand times. I liked it. I thought it was. But good. no, there's nothing I mean, wrong with it. It's competent. It's well done. Maybe I've been reading way too much superhero stuff lately, and just something different. It was cool. different. I liked it. Cool. I really, I read, I read that. I read some other stuff from them, and I really enjoyed the three series that I read. Cool. I'm like ready to eat this stuff up. Eat it up. Did you read Year Zero? No. Did you give that to me? No, I have it digitally. I never gave it. Oh. No, I have not read it. But okay. cool. I'm thinking about probably buying trades out of them guys. Maybe I don't know. Does but. Scott have another one? I do. All right, go ahead, man. Go for it. Ooh, Animorphs. And, ooh, I haven't read that. You didn't read that? No, I didn't buy it. Animorphs. I have to get yours if I'm going to read it. 
Yeah, it's probably not quite for you because it's kind of for kids. But what do you think? For me or it for is. Scott? You could definitely, you could definitely, uh, you know, get that vibe through it. You know, stuff. I mean, and there again, it moves. You know, at a quick pace. It kind of hits a certain, you know, what would you say, teen, tween tropes. You know, of things. Absolutely. You know, um, you know it's it's kind of got what almost more of like a Stranger Things type of vibe. You know, in general, you know, things uh, try sure. to be a, a group of, you know, what would you say, young teens that get thrown into some supernatural trouble. And in this case, the world is about to be taken over by, you know, freaking... Based on the body snatchers, can, yeah. You know, inhabit humans and things. But, uh, you know, the... The dialogue and everything, I mean, there's nothing really groundbreaking there. It's pretty simple, straightforward and stuff. Uh, so, therefore, it moves, though, at a crazy pace. I mean, this whole thing, you know, it's fairly thick. It's, like, what, 250 pages or something like that? Yeah, it's pretty thick. 30? Yeah, and I mean, and you can read it in probably, what, an hour and a half? Sure. You know, and, and that's for me, who tends to be a slow reader, so, you know. Somebody else, like Drew, probably read it in 15 minutes. Know, it seemed like it took a little while, because there there's a lot in there. It's pretty dense. There is a lot to, to take in, but it still felt like it was a fairly quick read, though, overall. You know? Yeah, no, it's definitely Maybe a quick read. Maybe it was about two-hour read. No, it's, no, I agree. But, you know, as a, you know... Our friend of the podcast, Chris uh, Grine, you know, does the art of this, and it's freaking spectacular. I, I, and I just like his style, though, I think, in general, though. So I, I think it works really good in this kind of, you know, teen story, you know, type of things and, and stuff. He does a really good job, you know, of the kind of showing the morphing, you know, of these uh, kids, you know, and things and the different animals and, and stuff. And uh, just the overall, you know, scenes of uh, aliens, you know, and different animals and things he does a really good job uh, you know illustrating that and uh, so the art alone it's really worth you know taking a chance on just to take a look at it cool glad you liked it oh shows back to me back to you I'll hit the big one oh. are you gonna ruin it you haven't read it fuck no I haven't read it east to west apocalypse you're through <laughs> I know, right? Oh, my God. So, I made it... it all wrap up? Yeah, it all wraps up. It all ends. It's going to break your easel. It's going to break my easel. It was very satisfying, actually. I really enjoyed it. I thought it... I thought, You know, I was thinking, this is like the first John Hickman, it's like, very... Right? It really is. Um, but not just about uh, romantic love, but just love in general. Um, but, uh... You know, he does, he does wrap it all up. You know, there's the Chosen, which is the group of people who are trying to bring about the end of the world. You got the, and you got uh, the Beast, who's on the cover there. The Death Sun. And, I don't know. I mean, it basically picks up right where the last one left off, where kind of Death and his son, the Beast of the Apocalypse, are kind of off, kind of on their own little journey together. And so you kind of get that whole father-son bonding thing going on. But while that's happening, there's all the machinations of all these different, you know, new uh, nations on, uh, in the United States are fighting and having this big war. And people are uprising. There's revolutions. You know, it's just all that stuff's going on at once. And he just weaves it all together really 
a well into where, you know, I didn't even reread uh, year two to kind of get caught up. I felt like I could just jump right in. I didn't really miss a beat, even though it had been probably two years since I'd read anything. And so I felt like I could jump right in and he, you know, not be very confused at all, really. I mean, I'm sure I'd get more if I went back and got all the little minutiae. But, I mean, I got the gist of it and it worked really well. Are they all that thick? Yeah, I think so. Each one is 15 issues because it's, it's 45 thing. issues total. This was Buckley, 15. And so each one is 15 issues. I mean, there might be a couple thicker ones because they're wrapping it up, you know, mm. but maybe the last issue was a little yeah. thicker. Yeah. I don't know. Type I of thing. Tell you. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it didn't come out monthly or anything. I mean, it's, it's been like a probably seven years to put out 45 issues, maybe five years. I mean, so it hasn't been every month, but it's been pretty consistent. I mean, it's so they've been cranking on it but yeah this was it the first like there was maybe a long hiatus in there but maybe that was just the fact that no it took a i don't think there was a huge hiatus it did take a while maybe towards the end it seems like things always kind of slow down or whatever <clears throat> but uh no i mean he really stuck the landing i thought like i mean it ended you know well and oh, it kind of brought it all together and you kind of really cared about the characters <clears throat> and you just really felt an emotional connection and kind of emotional climax so yeah i mean it was super good i mean i can't complain at all like i said this is the first series that hickman's really ended of his creator own stuff i mean he's done some minis and stuff like five six issues i shouldn't have grabbed that but uh other than that there's not there wasn't a lot that uh where he actually ended a series like that because dying of the dead didn't end and manhattan projects didn't really end and black monday murders hasn't ended so Anyway, no, he did a really good job. I'm, I was impressed. Hmm. One of the better series, you know, out there, I think. I might so. take, I wanted to borrow your volume one and volume, well, volume one. I'm going to go back and reread all of it. Yeah, definitely. But, you could. So. Um, but, uh, cool. East to West. Two thumbs up, man. I loved sweet. it. Sweet. Yep. What you got? Um, I'll talk about the resistance. Stay on this AWA. Okay. Um, so I know you've already talked about it. Um, this is issue two, Scott. Resistance is by uh, J. Michael Straczynski and uh, Mike Diodata Jr. Um, artwork. Um, so this is... <laughs> it's weird, right? I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, a global pandemic story has never been done before. But it's kind of weird with the timing of this because it kind of got right... It got, it got shut down because of a global pandemic. It's so true. Anyway, the story is basically there's this virus. It's a global pandemic, and it kills a shit ton of people. Um, and then all of a sudden it just... 20,000, 40,000? No, a lot more than that. Like, I don't know. I don't know. 40 million, million or something, yeah. a couple million. But uh, um, And then so everybody's scrambling around. So it is very timely. It's just weird. It's... It's crazy, like, how some of the stuff that happens in this, like, actually happened. And, of course, you know, it's, like, fiction or, you know, a movie or whatever. And some of the stuff is over the top, like, I don't know, like, like China blowing up one of its own cities or something to, like, try to contain it. Like, just dropping a freaking bomb on it. Like, that never happened. But, anyway, so there's this virus, a pandemic, and then all of a sudden it just stops like it just goes away but everybody's like well we don't know if it's going to come back like why did it stop well 
some of the people like Trump said it was. right i know and it's funny there there was like a quote pulled straight out of something i don't remember what it was but i mean it was right out of like headlines or whatever but uh and uh so some of the people like a certain percentage of the people got superpowers um and so it's it's like Drew said, I mean, it's kind of like rising stars. It's kind of like stuff that J. Michael Straczynski has done before. Um, and so like, there's all these new people that have superpowers that have never had superpowers before. And so then you have the dilemma. Well, if you were a good person before you got superpowers, what would you do when you got them? If you were a bad person before you got superpowers, like what would you, what would you do with them? And so it's kind of like this whole world just came off of this. Yeah. <laughs> just came off of this pandemic and then boom, now all these people have superpowers. It's like, well, what do we do with them? You know, do we, and then there's like one issue that deals with like, there's already a, oh, like a, an agency or whatever. And they're like hiring people. They're like, they're hiring superheroes and they go in and because this guy comes in, he's like, well, I have all these powers. I want to do good. And they're like, okay, well here, they have like a chart on the wall. Like they're pick one word from this side of the chart and one word from this side of the chart and that's your superhero name. So it's like Captain Vengeance or whatever, you know? And then they're like, go back into it. Now go meet with our costume guy. And you know, he goes back into the wardrobe room and there's like, guy, okay, these colors look really good for you. Like we, we use light colors for super, like spring colors for superheroes and dark colors for supervillains. You know, like, get your costume picked out, and then it's just like a business. I mean, it's almost like they took, like, kind of, like, things from the boys, things from, boys. you know, um, Rising Blood, Stars, Black things Pack. from Young Blood. I mean, it was like, it, they just took a bunch of stuff from, like, different things and just crammed together. But I really liked it. I thought that they did it really well. Like, I, I'm, I'm ready to read, like, season two or whatever, year two, whatever. Because, I mean, they said in there that they're going to have more of this, too. Sure. So, I mean, I'm on board for it. I liked it. I mean, Straczynski is a really good writer. I mean, and I mean, and then they get into a thing where they're, which they kept referencing, like, moths. M-O-T-H-S, moths. Mm -hmm. Because then there's some people that they get their superpowers, but they burn them out really fast really quickly so like they only live for like six months after their powers manifest and they call them moths and then they were saying that like there was a series but i never saw the series and then it even references in there like yeah. see moths issue number three or whatever and i'm yeah, like i, I don't think that. that book exists but no. i don't know it, it was weird and then so the point is so like the there's a resistance that's why it's called the resistance and then there's like they start talking about like it could possibly be the virus could have been alien in nature or whatever sure. like aliens so could have sent aliens, it here right? or something and so there's like they build up this resistance they build up like a team of super powered people to like fight the establishment or whatever um and that's where the resistance comes in but uh i liked it i mean and i mean they even like with the people that burn out i mean that goes back to what was it what was that Marvel series that was like back in way back in the day? Uh, Strike Force Mortuary. Oh yeah, Mortuary. I mean, so it's like these ideas have been floating around forever. I just thought they took a bunch of them and crammed them all together. Yeah. And and Straczynski did a great job of writing it. I thought, and the, yeah. the Diodato artwork was good. It wasn't his greatest stuff, but it was good. It may have worked better reading all at once. Reading it 
yeah. month to month. It just felt disjointed to me. Well, I know but, you um, seemed kind of down on it, and I read it. I really liked it. But like I said, it just felt like, like you said, it was a shotgun approach to superheroes being realistic in right. the world, and it just... Huh? Well, it was... A, it was. They released six issues, so it was like the first story arc. So, I mean, it's going to keep oh, going. Like, at the end of number six, it said come back next year or whatever for whatever season two season two or whatever they call it so i mean yeah it's an ongoing series but i probably do like the image model and that's the thing too like if you read like because uh axel alonzo yeah axel alonzo does like a a letter from the editor like in the back of every issue and he's like this is the stuff i've been harping like forever because he at one point he's like yeah he's like we're gonna Take and he kind of took credit for it, but it's like the image model, like farmhand, like I'm, any image series. Like we're gonna crank out like five or six issues, take a break, and then we'll take a break. We'll release a trade, and then we'll come back like in two or three months, recharged, and we're gonna do like the next five or six issues. Yeah, and that's kind of like what he was talking about. He's like, yeah, this is how we're gonna do our books, and this is a breakthrough. <laughs> like it's not a breakthrough, dude. Image has been doing it for yeah. Like it's a cool model. It works well. I like it, but you, you didn't come up with it. <laughs> like, like don't take credit for it. You know, but I. I think Axel Alonzo, I don't know him, but I mean, he was a good editor. I mean, he seems like a smart guy. He seems like a smart guy. And it's just, it's kind of cool because it's like a whole business model. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and I, I really liked the stuff that I've read. So I want to support the, cool. the AWA upshot or whatever you call it. So anyway, I, I liked Resistance. I will read more of it when it cool. comes out. So, all right. Is it my turn again? We're just flying Maybe through these. I can't know. I can't know. Maybe it's Scott's turn. You got another one, it Scott? It might be Scott's. I don't I've know. got nothing else besides our... Our joint one? All right. I read Madi, Once Upon a Time in the Future. Apparently, this was a Kickstarter. I just ordered it because it looked like a cool uh, trade that they were putting out. I, but it was a Kickstarter. Did I say that already? Did Z2. Say it? Yeah. It is that, uh, yeah. Is that Z2? Is that the thing that... Uh... I don't know. You get obsessed... Fixate on the weirdest things. No, but anyway, but, it's totally irrelevant that Z2. It means nothing, dude. It's the publishing. Yeah, I don't know why yeah, you're obsessed with that. Why are you fixated on that? Justin Zimmerman, the dude that came to Aircap yeah. in 2019, is that the label that he published no, stuff under? So. I don't believe so. Okay. Might be, but I don't think so. All right, so this was a Kickstarter. Duncan Jones is the story guy, and Alex DeCampi wrote it. Um... It's really their show because what they've done is they kickstarted and they hired um, probably like 12, 15 different artists to illustrate this story. I thought it was a, I thought it might be an anthology, but it's not. It's one story. They just got 15 different artists to do it, which wow. to me is jarring and not good at all. And I don't like that at all. I Unless don't like, you got 15 really good artists. They got some pretty decent guys, but even so, the styles don't mix. So they said that they have like a different artist for each location. Which I guess kind of works, but still, it didn't really feel like it flowed very well. But uh, so Duncan Jones, he's a movie director. He did a movie called Moon. Have you any of you guys seen the movie Moon? I don't think so. Super good movie. But then he made a second movie, which is part of like the trilogy of Moon. Sam Rockwell. But, yeah, Sam Rockwell. Um, but it's yeah. called Mute, and I never saw Mute. Well, apparently this is the third one in this trilogy of movies that are sort of, like, futuristic, but not really connected, like, they're not the same characters or anything. 
But anyway, in Mahdi, the basic story is it's like the future cyberpunk. There's these people that are enhanced with, like, stuff, and people can, like, jack into them and, like, take control and, like, you know, puppet master them or whatever, you know. But they're, like, this special team of ops, and they're all enhanced, and they can be puppet mastered. Well, there's some kid that they've modified, like a little kid, like he's, like, eight or nine. And so they basically are hired to, like, you know, deliver him, and then they get... It's kind of like Baby Yoda scenario. Then they get cold feet and decide to rescue him, and they're on the run from these people who are trying to capture him. So that's basically just of the story. Some of the artists, they got, like, Simon Bisley to do some. They got James Stokoe. Yeah. So, I mean, they got some good artists. Uh, Duncan Fregato, um, Chris Weston, you know, all sorts of decent people. But it's all just Pia Guerra, the, guy, the lady who did uh, Why the Last Man. She does the arc. So, I mean, Is they that Bisley? That's Glenn Fabry, I believe. Okay, Fabry. But yeah, so they got a lot of good artists, but at the end of the day, it just, I don't know, switching artists every 8, 10, 15 pages just feels disjointed to me, and it just doesn't flow very well for a comic book. I mean, overall, it's okay, it's well-written, and it's an interesting story, but then again, it doesn't really feel super original, you know? Like, I think it probably would have worked better as a movie, because it could have relied more on, like, the pacing and the visuals and stuff. It, I just don't think it's got enough going for it to be that intriguing as a comic this is Bisley, right? Yeah, that's Bisley. So, Bisley's stuff is, it seems like, like, I really like his older stuff. Like, his later stuff yeah. doesn't impress me as much. And and I love his artwork. Like, it's cool, but I don't know. It just, it used to grab me a lot. And I've been, I've read a few things lately of his, and it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's, like different. It's, it's just different. But, uh. Anyway, it's it's okay. Like I said, I wouldn't highly recommend it unless you're just really into cyberpunk. If cyberpunk's your thing, then this book would probably be cool, but not really that great. So, so. did you buy this? Like, so they they published it after a Kickstarter? Yeah, you didn't I just Kickstarter. I didn't right? Kickstarter. Yeah, I just okay. bought it off the out of previews. Gotcha. So. But yeah, it was okay. Like I said, I didn't know much about it when I bought it. I just saw it looked like a cool trade, and I was looking for something to add to my order. So gotcha. I grabbed it. But yeah, it was okay. It was an interesting experiment. didn't really work for me, but your mileage may vary type of thing. So that was Madi, Once Upon a Time in the Future. Scott's probably going to like this. Um, so there's a new series that came out. It's called Star Wars Bounty Hunters. Uh, through Marvel. Um, it's not really a new one, is it? Well, it's got or seven. Did they do a reboot or something? It's got seven issues out. Okay. So it's. I was gonna say I I remember seeing that there was like a. I've seen Bounty Hunter. That title and things on some past comics, but I thought it had been around for a bit. Uh, as far as I know, this is new. Um, so Star Wars Bounty Hunters. This is pretty good. Um, it's got, uh, so I guess, I'm not familiar with the character, but this guy on the cover, his name is Valance. He was like, I guess, a character that was introduced in the original Marvel run back in the, the series that they did, like back in the 70s, like that original Star Wars Marvel run. He was like, uh, I guess he was, he wanted to be like an empire, an, an, an imperial, whatever you want to call it, like a person that worked for the empire like a pilot or whatever and he got jacked up in like some battle and then um they brought him back and 
they had to, like, half of them was gone, so they had to, like, replace them, like, with cybernetic stuff. But the Empire... Robocop. Huh? Robocop. Yeah, he's like Robocop. But the Empire is like, uh, that guy's a goner. They're like, don't use our good stuff on him. They're like, he's not going to make it anyway. So they, like, just kind of put him back together with, like, crappy shit. And I guess now he's a bounty hunter. Um, but anyway... This story's kind of cool because it has Boba Fett, it has this Valance guy, it's got Bosk in it, um, Borlom and Zuckus appear, like, later on. And so, pretty much, the story starts out, and it's like, uh, this Valance guy, Bosk, and, uh, Boba Fett, and I think there's, like, maybe a couple other people that I don't remember who they are, but anyway, they, they're kind of like a crew, like, they're working together, or at least they are for this mission, I think... I think Boba Fett might have come along at the end, like, because they needed a fifth guy or whatever, but they're supposed to go do this mission. They get hired or whatever. They're supposed to, like, protect this, uh, he's like a, one of the mafia, like, one of the mafia families, like, their kid or something, like, an heir to one of the mafia families or something. But, uh, anyway, it all goes wrong, and, and one of the people gets killed, and so, like, this all happens, and then they kind of focus on this balance character and like it's like five years later well the one of the main ladies that kind of put the whole crew together like she it's her fault that this other this last mission went wrong and she went like in hiding well she's had like this huge bounty on her head like since that happened for five years and then she kind of pops back up on the radar so like all the bounty hunters come out of the woodwork to try to take out this lady and so you know they run back into Bosk and they run back into Boba Fett and and then they kind of sort of work together at some points but and then you learn like from the past like what happened on the mission like they do it kind of in flashbacks or whatever but I liked it it's it's cool um I mean, I, I've read up to seven because that's what I have and that's what's out. And I mean, it's still kind of that same storyline. So, um, I don't know. It's cool. If you like bounty hunters and kind of that, kind of like Mandalorian kind sure. of thing or whatever. But, like, so it's kind of cool to see, like, Forlom, Forlom or Forlom, however you say it, and, like, Zuckus. Like, they're working together. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, Empire, you saw, like, all these cool, like, bounty hunters and then, like, yeah. Nothing else from them. Yeah, exactly. Right, and and I know that, like you know, I'm sure that like through the years, like through novelizations and through maybe some of the dark horse stuff or whatever, like they've and maybe even, I've never run the I've never read the entire original Marvel run, so like maybe they get into that stuff. But me personally, I haven't had a lot of experience with these characters. It's just kind of cool. To have like comic book with these guys kind of floating around and stuff, but uh, no, it's it's definitely cool. I liked it, so I think Scott would probably dig it. You might like it too, but um, I don't know. I always think Scott's probably more into the bounty hunter type stuff from the Star Wars. He does have a Mandalorian tattoo. He does have a Mandalorian tattoo. I do have a Mandalorian, and and Boba Fett is in it quite a bit. So cool. But, uh, but no, it's good. I liked it. Now, the only other one I have before we get to our joint one. I read Adventure Man. Adventure Man. Adventure Man. Okay, I'm not all the way caught up, so don't spoil it for me. Okay, I've only read this like is the this is the first thing I read, so I barely remember it. It's good. 
The art's awesome. It's yeah. Oh, Terry Dodson does the art. Matt Fraction writes it. Uh, yeah, it's a super. The art is awesome. I you had kind of built it up, and so maybe I was expecting too much. I was pretty excited about this book though, because it looks like it's Indiana Jones. It's Matt Fraction, Terry Dodson. The art's mm -hmm. beautiful. It's kind of got that forties like uh, yeah. pulp hero vibe because exactly. of the whole team of pulp heroes. So it's kind of cool. But yeah, I just felt like it didn't really hit all the notes or all the pacing hmm. was off a little bit. Like, I mean, it wasn't like a home run. Like, it was really good. It just wasn't quite as it's good like, as I was hoping it was going to be. It's like 75%. Like, it's top 75. Yeah, like, totally, totally, like, totally. It's, it's yeah, it's upper just, echelon. It just didn't hit, stuff. like, you know, the 90 percentile for me. Right. But, but yeah, it's no, still, it's still I super loved solid. It. it was pretty fun. It was good. I just... So, it... it Starts with like the group of like the forties heroes, and they're like have That's to stop. Cool. I love this. Have to stop like the uh, uh, some evil villain guys trying to destroy the world. So they have to stop him. And then is this five issues? Sorry to keep. I don't know, dude. Okay. What am I counting issues? And so then uh, it flashes forward. It flashes forward like I don't know, forty, fifty years to modern day. And there's like this family of of people, and then uh, one of the girls is sort of imbued with the spirit of these old pulp heroes, and she starts to like get their powers, sort of. And then she becomes like a modern day, and she can see stuff like that no one else can see, like buildings that are from the '40s, you know. So it's kind of weird. I don't quite understand it, and maybe that was part of the issue is I don't quite understand the rules and what's happening, and it's just it's very. Very subtle, but yeah, it was really well done. And she has like a son, and so they t they like are into like these old pulp stories. They like read them together, and so and it's got a lot of cool like little things. But I don't know if it all quite came together for me. But it's only like four issues. But like it Don is just four found issues. out, and so I mean, there's a it's really just set up. I mean, not much happens. Like there's no payoff or anything. It's it really feels like it's just set up. And I like that there's like an invisible gun or something. Like some of the or an invisible man or something with a guy. I, I don't know. It was cool. Like Yeah, there's some cool stuff. The action, a lot of cool ideas. The action, the art like is the really art good. The art is insane. I mean, it, it almost gave me like that, like that danger girl feel. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like with that, just the way the art is sure. and kind of that weird genre. And yeah. just like, I don't know. It was just like a mashup of like really cool stuff. But uh, It is. It's a cool mashup of a lot of really neat stuff, especially for into that sort of pulpy stuff. But uh like I said, it just didn't quite totally come together for me, but it was still enjoyable, and I yeah. liked it. I would definitely buy the next one just to see where it goes. I mean, just for the art, even. But, yeah, uh, that's cool. I like it's that. It's a beautiful book. I like the hardcover, but it's almost too big. Like, that's I impossible, know, Don. It can't be too big. Well, I don't, yeah, I know. So, but anyway, yeah, Adventure Man. It was pretty cool. Like I said, I'll definitely check out more, but I felt like it was mostly set up, and yeah. I need... I need didn't quite stick it the landing or come all together for me yet. But maybe right. it will in the next thing. But this book comes out so slow, I'm not sure how long that's yeah. going to be. Well, it got, it came out, it kind of got side, side, sure, sidelined because of the pandemic too. Because sure. I think, you know. It's the, fine. What do you got? Jesus Christ. Can't even fucking have a conversation. Damn, damn. Do you have to work tomorrow? No, I do not. Are you trying to. Get this fucking thing done or what? Yeah, let's get this thing done. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> this is another of the AAWA. It's called Hotel Hell. It was a four issue series. Um, this one I really liked also. Um, 
so it's basically about this. This is kind of like a Twilight Zone murder mystery. So it's about this hotel that you can only, like, out in the middle of nowhere that you can only find, like, like, you can't, normal people don't normally see it when you drive by it. You can only find it, like, when you're in trouble or you need it or whatever. It's weird. So, basically, it's kind of like four rooms or whatever. It's, like, four different stories. Like, there's a different story in every issue. But then, as you read, like, the first story, you read it, and you're like, okay, that's a cool story. And then the second story, it goes back and takes pieces from the first story where you kind of flash in time where you're seeing, like, this all kind of happens at the same time. Like, all these stories are taking place while they're happening. And then you see little flashes of other stuff. So it's really just kind of like four different stories. It's almost like, uh, what was that? House of Mystery or whatever, where they had that bar or whatever, like, in the mm-hmm. middle of... No, it was a comic book. <laughs> but anyway, it's kind of like that a little bit. But it's cool. It's like, I liked it. Um, it was... Like I said, Twilight Zone meets like four rooms and they all kind of tie together. And then at the end, they all kind of tie together. And there's like a guy that lives there or that works at the place that's like, you know, he kind of knows what's going on. And um, I don't know. He's like the crypt keeper or whatever. You know what I mean? Like he's there at the beginning of every story and he's like, oh, this story will set you up in room number three or whatever. But uh, anyway, it's a cool story. Um, I don't know that they're going to do it. I think it was just a four-issue limited series. I mean, they could make it more, but I don't think they... It didn't say in the in the back, like, more Hotel Hell coming. But uh, huh. I liked it. It was cool. good. Hotel um, And then um, I got caught up on Farmhand. Yeah. Which I know you guys... Have you got caught up on it, Scott? I have read it. So you're up to... I've read it, but I'm not caught up. Oh, I... uh, you're not up to 15? The first three trades? Do you yeah. buy it in trades? No, I buy it in single issues. Oh, and you're so you're caught up. I'm caught up. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. don't spoil anything. Well, I won't spoil anything. I mean, yeah, you can if you want, because I'll forget it. And there's not really a whole lot to spoil. I mean, this is kind of a pretty straightforward story. I mean, it's got some twists and turns and stuff. I mean, you know, you learn a little bit more about like, because okay, so like it starts out, and this guy has a farm where he grows body parts to to help people replace them or whatever and everything it's all supposed to be like oh the world is a better place now but it's it gets to a point where it starts turning and like somehow like the seed has gotten out but it's not supposed to be able to get out because he's the only one that's supposed to be able to talk to the seed and make it grow and make it work well you know you learn because it goes back and forth, like you learn back matter backstory about how like he had partners in the past, and one of the people that were one of the partners did some stuff that they shouldn't have done, and kind of put the seed out in the world and figured out how to like grow it on their own kind of thing, and then you know it all like everything comes crashing down like at issue fifteen. Because I think he said it. He planned it as a 30-issue series, so yeah, we're, like, halfway so. through. Yeah. So, I mean, you're hitting that really high point where everything, you figure out everything, and then it's all turned to shit, and then now you've got to go into the, whatever, the end of the second act, third act, where he pulls it all together, and, I mean, I'm sure it's going to get worse before it gets better, especially the way that 15 ended, but, um, anyway, I mean... I don't know. Am I kind of describing it? Yeah, that sounds good. That's kind of right. as, as how it is. But uh, 
It seemed like, because, I mean, it's gone away for a while. He said he was going to take some time off, which he has. He usually takes a break between arcs, but he said he was going to take a longer break. An extra longer break, yeah. Cause, between these two arcs. Because usually it'd be going, like, it ends, he does, like, five or six issues. And then he takes, like, three months off, and then... Right, but they usually come out in the fall, and then he wraps yeah. up in the spring. So, I mean, yeah. they should have had something come out by now, at least, like, yeah. issue 16. But Correct. he said something I think something he says take a longer break. Taking a longer break, which kind of... Makes me worried a little bit that it's not going to finish. I don't know. Maybe well, he's I think not he making. Will. No, I think it's doing fine. I think he just needed to recharge. The well, batteries. I can understand that. I mean, I'm sure because he's writing and drawing it. Writing and drawing it. I get burned out. I get it. Yeah. Apparently, he has a lot of kids too. I don't know. He's got like three or four that are running around. So I don't know. Where's you out, man? Yeah. I I know it, it does. does. It does. So, but uh, but that's all I have. Cool. And then, and then the, our, our... Talk about our joint read. Our joint read. The authority. First trade. I wrote the absolute. Yes, Don, ha Don has to be... Have the absolute because he's so cool. I am cool. So we read the first eight issues. And you said... Written by Warren Ellis... Brian Hitch. You artist. said that your trade's on crappy paper and it's it hard to read, and this thing's beautiful. So yeah, my know. my trade is on crappy paper. Take out a little extra uh, moolah, guess, and you can really enjoy it. I guess mine is too. It is kind of that. It just kind of looks yeah, a little it's really dark. Yeah, the colors are kind of muddied, and it just it's not perfect. So. But uh, I remember having like the single issue of this, and the colors were actually better on the single issue paper than they are on the trade paper because it was glossy, and the uh, colors kind of are better on. Because this is more matte, and normally matte's not always bad, but this is crappy matte paper, and so I don't know, it just doesn't look. But anyway, let's get to the book. So the authority is spun out of Stormwatch, it's right? Spun out of Stormwatch. I think Stormwatch. I've read it, but it's been a long time. Been a long like, time. Stormwatch yeah. crashes, huh? I have those. Oh, okay. I do too. I, I have the trades. Yeah, Stormwatch basically it gets into a bunch of disarray. It gets actually attacked by xenophobes uh, or whatever type things or whatever. Uh, it gets attacked by aliens and uh, pretty much takes out most of the Stormwatch group. Team. And then they pretty much like pretty much basically put in a pasture. Say Stormwatch is no more. We can't afford you. All that other good stuff. Right. And so that's where. The authority kind of comes in now. Yep. And they they kind of they they kind of tell you that. I mean, they don't get into that much detail, but I mean, you kind of pick up that there was this thing called Stormwatch, and, and it's gone. And, it's and these gone. guys sort of are filling the void. And now they're going to come in, and and they're not going to be held. They're not working for anybody. They're working for themselves. So Higher authority, uh, right? As they would so, say. so they're not going to have right. anybody. That's the name authority. Right, they're not going to have anybody to answer to. They do what they want and save the world. And in the second arc, they save two worlds. It's true. So if you had to choose the first or the second arc, which would you choose? The first one. I really like the first one better. The first one was a much simpler story, though. Like, it's really just, hey, there's a bunch of superheroes, superhumans, you yeah, know, they're... destroying cities, and we're going to fight them and stop them. And it's like, it's just really cool action, really fun the way it's all put comes together and he introduces so many new concepts and there's the carrier and the bleed and it's flying around the earth and he can pop out anywhere with these doors and um okay so i'll just put that 
bad guy was so so bad. Right. He had a pure reason for what he was doing. You know, yeah, it actually made sense. <laughs> sure. Well, uh, okay, I'll revise it. I don't know. I I like the the artwork and the and the layout and the the bad guy, like some of the pages with him on it. Like I liked that more than the first one, but well, yeah, the story really was the artwork in the first, you know, art. I think I just liked a little bit more too. As well. Yeah, the bad guy was was cool, and and that carries over too because he mentions like, "Hey, Stormwatch is gone now. I can do whatever I want because there's nobody to stop me." So I mean, he even alludes to it, and I think there must be some carryover, like like he was a villain from the past from the old series. At least that's the way it made it seem. It did make it seem that way. I was curious if that was just him making it up, or if it actually he was actually in the old series. Look at that. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. I, I stared at that for you for know, a while. Here's the thing, is that the authority, you know, and, and some of the books, you know, at this point in time, in particular the authority, was really the advent of kind of that almost storyboard oh, yeah. comic book, you know? This is wide... The comic book was... That's right. The comic book was being made in almost a widescreen format. Yeah. Like, it was going to be almost a motion picture in a way. Yeah, yeah, this is totally widescreen action, big splash pages, double page spreads. I mean, when, when Hawk like yeah, when Hawkmore's just punching people's shorter, heads off. It's like almost a widescreen, you know, type thing. But yeah. the action is still just crazy. Yeah. Well, and then also too, I mean, it's like, in, in, in this one and in the second one, it's like Apollo... They they tried to make him vulnerable, and they did in the second one. They're like, dude, this dude is drained. Like, he just can't fight anymore. But he's like, like in the second one, they sent him off, and, and he just does, like, he takes care of the whole invasion on his own. Yeah. Like, he's just tearing stuff up, blasting stuff. Like, obviously he's... Yeah, because he's Superman. Well, yeah, he's their Superman. He's their Superman. But and, the problem is he can't be everywhere at once type of thing. That's where he kind of starts to... Right, but I mean, like, slide. they're towards the end of, of the second story, you know, I'm just like, oh, well, we... But, like I said, they did they did put limits on him, and, sure, you know, they, they, they did wear him down, but still, it's like, oh, well, he can just do whatever he wants. Well, all of, the, all of them are fairly powerful. Like, the wizard guy just does whatever. He just turns everything into leaves. Right. And the, but, the engineer I mean, lady, she just snaps her finger and makes whatever she needs, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, they're all... And Ginny Sparks just electrocutes everything whenever she has an issue. because she so, takes I mean, out the entire Albion in the yeah, second one. So, like, that, I mean, they're totally all fairly overpowered in that sense. Yeah, but the Doctor, like, he's he's new, so, I mean, like, he doesn't... But he's got the experience of every Doctor ever and right, all their knowledge. Well, and yes, but he also has a history of being druggy and strung out. Yeah, like, that's true, too. It's true. So, the first four issues is the first story arc. And there's this this guy, I, I can't remember his name, he's a cool villain, but he runs this nation, Gamora, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and it's kind of cool because he, like, took out his brothers and, like, he's running the place. And, and so he has this bone to pick with, I guess, the entire world because he just, he feels like he has the power. He can, if he can do it, then that makes it right or what, there, that's a reason to do it or whatever, but... He's got all these, I guess he's, what, 
manufacturing these superhero Superheroes, bombs, clones, yeah, clone bombs, and so he's basically all he's trying to do is burn a burn his symbol into the earth. So he's yeah. attacking like three cities. He just wanted to have some fun. He just wanted to have some fun, and it's. I mean, maybe it's because I've read this before and they, they show you stuff, but it was kind of funny when you're like, well, we superimposed the first two cities and then we tied a ring around it and bam, it's Los Angeles. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's what he's doing. You know what I mean? It was like this yeah. whole like revelation to them. And I'm like, <laughs> but anyway, so that's basically what it, oh, I love this scene where, where uh, Apollo is chasing that one dude back and he's got that. Force field, yeah, around it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, the force field's up. Bad day. <laughs> Smash. Who just splats yeah. on it, and they don't they like teleport Apollo yeah. and pull him into the the, the carrier or the whatever carrier to save him. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, splats splats on that dome like a freaking uh, moth on a windshield or whatever. But yeah. that was kind of cool. And uh, so yeah, so there's this big terrorist country ruler that's just trying to wreak havoc and they have to deal with him and then i don't know do you guys have anything else to, that you want to talk about nah. like in the first one or did i no nah, i think it? that's good i mean the the big money scene i think is when midnighter realizes he has to take down this cloning facility and doesn't have a way and so he decides oh, i'll just bring the carrier out of like whatever space and just ram it into this <laughs> big facility he's like all i know to do is how to break stuff so i just took a really yeah. big thing as hard as i can as hard as i can with the biggest thing i can find so i mean that yeah. was that was for me always the funniest part of that one and then the second one we can jump into that or whatever yeah that's fine but uh well, second one's a parallel Earth, where this parallel Earth had basically, what would you say, relations with some type of alien species and had these hybrids and things. Correct. And, like, this, uh, these aliens came in, like, the 1500s, and they started breeding, and so there's, like, a whole, like, uh, monarchy set up around these, like, aliens and their offspring or whatever in this parallel Earth, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But you have some of that alien technology going on too with the, the their weapons and things of that nature. How many times did they use the word they turned China into a slave rape a rape camp, camp or, or whatever? whatever. It's yeah. like, okay, we've said that, I don't know, fifteen times in three pages we got You really it. wanted to hammer that point <laughs> home. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, okay, it was I get a bit it, much. But that's a bad thing, but they've really hammered that crap in. Page, splash page of Jenny Sparks like taking up a whole group that was pretty freaking wild. Right, I did like that. So the part I did like when they they're like, "Do you hear horses?" <laughs> <laughs> like they brought the cavalry <laughs> and got like horses on the space because they figure out. So yes, as Scott was saying, or you guys were saying, and so now they basically are trying to invade Earth. Basically. Right, they're trying to invade Earth because they've already they've destroyed the planet that they're on, and so they need new resources. They need to turn the whole planet into a rape camp, I guess, is what they're trying to do with Earth to keep their race going. And then Jenny Sparks has ties with them because she was on that alternate Earth or whatever back in, like, the 1920s and, like, was a part of some of their battles. She was aware of them, and they were, yeah. She yeah, was and then the it. one guy... Yeah, and then and the, she married one, she of, married them. one of them, right? 
And then, uh, so yeah, that, that, it is interesting because then you get into that alternate earth and this and that. But so they backtrack and figure out how to access their carrier so they can send troops in through the bleed or whatever into their carrier. Yeah, so it's funny when they like storm <clears throat> into the authorities' carrier and they have like their troops on like horses, you know, <laughs> running through wreaking havoc. <laughs> right. And that Jack, Jack Hawksmore guy, man, he's just, like, decapitating people with his fists. Like, you're seeing, like, oh, jaws yeah. come off. He he's just, like, it's a badass. He's, like, the... Well, he's super powerful. Like, he's very overpowered, too. Like, if he's in a city, he's, like, he can just yeah. basically if be invincible. In city, he just can tear things up. Exactly. That, though. Yeah, the, the art is insane. And, like, so I wanted to talk to you... Really I wanted to talk to you, Drew, I guess mainly you, Drew, about the art because me. it's it's Neary, right, that's inking him? Yeah. He has a very, like, Brian Hitch, it, it has a very, um, oh, God, who's the dude that Neary, uh, Excalibur? Art, Alan Davis. Alan Davis. Doesn't, um, does his artwork seem Alan Davis- ish to you yeah i thought alan, brian hitch was very alan davis and he had pa was, paul neary well that's, like, what, that's what i'm wondering do you think it's more of a paul neary that it's a paul neary spin no. on it or do you think that think brian hitch is, brian very, hitch is more was, alan davis he's more of an alan davis guy yeah, I, I was just so. i was just wondering that because like i see a lot of parallels between them i just remember when brian hitch first came on the scene i felt like he was even more so like alan davis you yeah. know what i mean i think he evolved into kind of having his own style a little bit more well, he's got that really rounded yeah kinda soft yeah soft line and, sure. and rounded yeah, and and, and, and kind of cool but it, it just struck me because uh neary is inker is inked both of them yeah. so i didn't know if it was more of his influence or more of i'm sure the, it's a bit of both but yeah. uh, i think uh brian hitch has worked with other inkers since then i think he still has alan davis He's kind of like, he's a little grittier than Alan Davis in a lot of ways. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely that influence. I right. Okay, um, cool. Anyway. So, but yeah. I don't know. I think the job on that's really great. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool, I looked at that page for a while, because that's like just a whole splash page. Of just Is that um, Jenny, or is that the engineer lady? That's the engineer. The engineer lady. Yeah, that's... Yeah, and like with the, I don't know, with the absolute, with the art kind of blown up, you can see a little more, you know what I mean? Like you can see a little bit more of it. I really like that stuff, so I really pay more Actually, attention. Actually, I was wrong. That was Ginny. Oh. Uh, <laughs> either way, I, it was still a good splash page. Yeah. They're, they're, it's a fairly fast read, too. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of widescreen. It's oh, a lot yeah. of big shots. I mean, there's obviously, there's dialogue in it, but I mean, it's definitely an art. Yeah, art-driven story. Well, I that's guess, the thing is that if it took me a little bit longer, it was because I was stopping to just admire. Yeah, exactly. Me too. The art and the detail <laughs> and all the craziness yeah. involved. Like that double-page spread you showed of all those guys flying. You know, I'm like, I'm sitting there looking at that thing. You know, counting them, going, man. You know, this would be crazy to have to draw this. But then, you know, it's like, no, not really. I mean, because you know. Yeah, you've got like maybe five or ten figures really detailed in the front, and then they go to medium size, and then they're just little blips or blops or whatever, you know? So, I mean, you know, it, I'm sure How it... do you feel this holds up, though, after like 20 years, pretty much? 
I think it still holds up pretty well. I mean, it's not as groundbreaking as it was, but I still feel like it's a really solid, fun read. Just, I mean, I mean, it's definitely been imitated and maybe done slightly better since then. But I mean, it still is pretty, pretty solid. Yeah. No, I, I thought it was, I thought it was good as I remembered it, you know what I mean? Like, and, and a lot of that I think is maybe because of the big, I mean, the story's cool. And I know the story, like I remember, you know, certain pieces of the story and I know that it gets, that it gets cool and it's better, but I mean, the art, I mean, when this came out, it was the art and the widescreen and the yeah. action. And I mean, obviously that's still there and it still holds up really well. Um, I mean, it's not like going back and reading supreme number one you know and going oh this thing's like you know not as great as i remember when i was you know yeah, 25 no. years ago like this was cool this still holds up yeah it's really, still really well good. i, I mean, thought it's, it's still, still good up. yeah so totally i agree. agree yeah i'm definitely interested in continuing and reading more of it so cool um re revisiting the rest of it um well, my phone's getting close to dying. So. Okie doke. You guys got anything else? Parting shots? Merry Christmas? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. There you go. Merry Stay Christmas. Stay safe, you guys. <laughs> Stay safe. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. All right. Take care, man.